Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome to That Dan Band Show podcast, where we talk about the marching arts and other things sometimes, too. I feel like it's been a while. Uh, my last episode was about DCI 2022. And to be very frank with you, that feels like in a lifetime ago. Uh, things are already changing. I mean, it was Labor Day. And it, yeah, it's musical chairs time. Staves are changing. Uh, my own personal situation is currently changing and is is in flux. And you know, in some ways, it's like kind of the same old. But it, you know, it, it's almost like the things we reflected on right after DCI. Uh, we're going to see something completely different in 2023 because a lot of teams are uh, undergoing some changes from a staff and design perspective. So pretty run of the mill but um we deal with it and we keep going and that's um just what we do in dci but uh today we have a special guest um i haven't done an interview in a while we've been doing a lot of solo shows and i want to want to get back to kind of interviewing people that i personally find to be compelling interesting that i'm a fan of um that i want to learn from and just pick their brain um and this oh this is this is a big one uh it's up there it's way way up there uh my guest today is a native of Rome, Georgia. He first received formal dance training at Jacksonville State University in Alabama, uh, as well as his first introduction to indoor guard and drum corps. Uh, he then moved to New York City to study jazz dance with Phil Black and modern dance with May O'Donnell. He has worked professionally in New York City and Atlanta and has choreographed modern and jazz pieces that have been performed across the U.S., as well as Spain, Canada, and Japan. Have you guessed who it is yet? This person has worked with numerous esteemed color guard programs including but certainly not limited to james logan high school san jose raiders the skylarks and state street review this person has been with the blue devils drum and bugle corps since 1990 and has served as a program coordinator and choreographer there since 2003 help me welcome scott chandler scott <laughs> how we doing good thank you thanks for having me did I did I miss anything in uh, that? I had to kind of pick and choose. Did I miss anything in there? No, no, that's perfectly fine. It's you know when you say when you read those things, it's like running a little memory rolodex in your head. Like, oh yeah, I remember that. Oh that. Oh, I'm really old. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I took away at all when I right. put that together. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you before we kick it off into obviously the marching arts thing. So I've seen pictures of you. Um, out there with Boston Terriers. Are you a Boston Terrier guy? 
I am. And for a long time was um, breeding and showing Boston Terrier. So I was doing the dog show thing. Well, I have to, uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> Who is this? This is Guster. Hi, Guster. Oh, I love him. I'm a Boston Terrier fan. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so my, I was, I was raised with them. So yeah, from early, my earliest memories I had Boston Terriers. My, it's really funny. Cause it just, I think everyone is like that with these dogs where it's like my, uh, my parents adopted one from a shelter <laughs> when I was a kid. It's the only dog we ever had. Um, and then my twin sister had one. He, uh, just was put down. He was mm. have been 17 years old. Wow. Had no, no eyes left, had both his wow. eyes so shut. Um, just a slew of health problems. And I adopted Guster when he was a year and a half old. He's about to be eight on October 31st. Awesome. Um, but it's just like a thing where I feel like people, if your families have, it's like a generational thing. Like you just keep having Boston Terrier. I don't know why this dog. And I, don't, like I don't know if you can see the two right now. Oh, come on. They're laying on the ground. <laughs> Every time I have to do something, they're in here. <laughs> I freaking love it. I just wanted to let you know we we had that little connection because that's very special to me. Absolutely. They're a great dog. They really yes. are. Yeah. They are. They really are. So, um, you know, as we were talking before the show, um, I'm really excited to just chat with you and kind of pick your brain about your insights. Um, I have to just be transparent. Like, I'm just a huge fan. Um, I I do creative design with with GMU Indoor and I, I do it um with the Connecticut Hurricanes and I, you know, I write beats and I, you know, teach percussion and I'm from the indoor percussion world and um, you know, and drum corps and, and you know, kind of same thing that that you've done. But um it, you know, we all have our differences in our in our experiences that just steer us in in ways that inform, you know, what we do. And when you look at what the Blue Devils have not only done, but even just did um, with the 2022 program, it's just like, it just keeps going. It just keeps going. When I watch what you do with the coordination, the integration, the way that your stages come in and out of focus, and just, there's so much depth and layering to it. And you know, I know a lot about um, or I know something about what y'all have been doing just from a process standpoint. But I want to ask, like, when it comes to design and programming, like, how would you describe like your personal process? Um, well, we're we're very much we create a real good um, sort of strong directional storyboard to the program to begin. So I have to have that, um, you know, to go by, to refer to all the time. Um, then of course we get all the normal stuff, count sheets, you know, when the music's coming in and stuff, I hear everything first though. So Dave Glide is so awesome and he does all our arrangements mm -hmm. and he, um, he'll give me MP3. So before I, we even go into the summer, I have a full MP3 of the show, the completed show, which I know is going to change a lot and that's fine. And we allow for that, you know, we allow time-wise and there are points in the program or the musical score that we know this may be a place in the future. We, I'm way on top of that. Um, but then once it gets going, we're, especially with Jay Murphy, um, we stopped using charts a while ago. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll chart something if it's really definitive and needs to be charted. You know, if there's a certain... Um, drill move that's happening with block turning into, I don't know if, if it works really well for the tools that are on Pyware, 
we'll chart a couple of pages, but we haven't, you know, we didn't in 19, I don't think. Jamie Holly does a lot of that, and he could probably tell me if we did. I've never seen any charts in a long time, put it that way. <laughs> right. So we work in person, and we get going. We need a way to start, and you know, once we get going, it's about, okay, where do we go next? We're very hands-on, and we're very in-person, There's never, and it's a collaboration between the performers and us. I'm constantly asking them questions. How does this feel? Can you make it here? Can you go faster to get to here? You know, yep. we're constantly working like that. Um, and then once you get going, then there's a lot more you can plan ahead of time, you know, that Jay and I can get together. Okay, what are we going to do today? We're going to do this. We got to take care of the props. I mean, we have our list, you know, but it's the show is choreographed as opposed to performers with their heads in charts or coordinates. We, we just can't do it. Right. And and so we are watching them and reacting to them in real time. You know, we discover a lot from the performers. They're so good. You know, it's it's incredible. And you start to go and oh, they're really good at this. Let's try this or this. Let's take them this way. Or we need a contrast now. I'm getting bored. We say that all the time. I'm really bored right now. Start something else, you know, get another event going on because we like to yeah. work multiple events, too. And then it's my job to try to tie them together, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that, you know, to hear it in words, is it sounds simple, but even the prospect of the staging process that you are describing, there's just so many moving parts in a DCI drum corps. And it's like, I, I, I wonder like how you go about that in a way that's fearless. Did you develop a fearlessness around your design? Um, how did you kind of get to that point where you're like, here are some conventional ways we could design, but also here are some other ways? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, first of all, it was a process. And the experimentation of working this way, I mean, not only does it come from the dance world, so... I mean, it's, it's, I can't tell you anytime I've seen a group of dancers with charts, you know, it, so I'm used to working in 3D, you know, yeah. you have to work in real time. Um, then in Winter Guard, Jay really started breaking ground with working that way and taking um, staging out of its sort of two dimensional format, you know, on the page and making things more dimensional. You know, how to get depth, how to work with two textures that might evolve together as opposed to a line and a line, which that's good, too. And you need that for variety. So we try to have both, um, mm -hmm. you know, but it it started over time. I mean, maybe as far back as 95, 96, you know, maybe back in there, especially with the gangster show in 96. I remember we didn't chart the guard at all. The guard mm -hmm. was just placed throughout the program um and they were great i mean performers now are so incredible and they remember stuff you know it's they don't always we have dot books sometimes and especially the guard does because they have to learn theirs the quickest i think um but they don't really need it all the time you know performers are great they're smart <laughs> I I enjoy uh, how casual you you deliver that because it's still we we're so locked into music drill choreography cleaning like there's yeah. just these like 
these verticals we have to do. And it's like, uh, there's not. And what I see in what, what you all do is the, the process and the product are so intrinsically tied. When you watch devs at the end, you're like, how could you get all this to fit together? It's like by getting in there and, mm-hmm. and, and cra- handcrafting it. And I, I feel like that's, that's super obvious. And w- one thing I want to ask was just about how you develop your eye for effect, because it's it's very odd. And like I might be a rare person in this, but you know, it's odd that people sort of talk about designing for the sheets, right? There's all this conversation about this core designs for the sheets and this core, mm-hmm. and it's like maybe they don't realize. And I'd love your your perspective, but like in in my opinion, it's like the sheets have been designed around the drum cores as they've innovated. So like for you, when you think about creating GE or evaluating it, like how are you going about like even that subjective process about like that works? Okay. Um, well, first let's back up for just a second. Sure. Because using charts is really valuable depending on your time frame and, and the level of education or experience that the performers have like all all the high schools and in japan we use charts yeah and then john vanderkoff does our drill over there and he does a great job with them and then he allows me to go out of it like i can skip a page and make them do something else if i need right. to hmm. or like he just just last week he had me choreograph a brass feature and then i just had to send him the page where i finished and now he'll continue on. So, you know, it's different for your time, your scheduling and high schools have to go so fast. Colleges too, man. The university goes fast. You don't have time to do what we do with experimentation. But we, I've always assumed that we're working, we wanna be at a level that's way up here that's like can discover whatever another way of doing it is. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of our job to do that. Um, now, um, writing for the sheets, um, it's, it's an old thing, and Shirley Wickham used to talk about this a lot, and the DCI, all the major organizations get lost in this sometimes. Usually judges are going to be a year behind the groups, the drum corps, and we have lapsed into situations where judges are sort of dictating what design should be. And right. I think that's what you get a lot of when you when you see um, or when you hear people talking about writing for the sheets. Well, that's because the judges are telling you what they want to see, which is not the way it's supposed to be. Right. And, and our objective and our philosophy in probably most of the top groups, I would think, is we're supposed to set the standard and they have to catch up. So there is no writing to the sheet. I'm aware of the sheet. I know what's on it. I can't tell you every word that's in the criteria reference, but I'm aware of it. And that's just from years of being around it. And it changes quite often. And the personnel changes, you know, that's like when I always get a little bit tickled when it, whether it's winter guard or whatever, or drum corps, when people talk about, Oh, the judges just are favoring you or whatever. You have that, that push, you know, you automatically get more points. Um, the judging panel changes every year and we're well aware that some of them don't like us. We are well aware of it as everybody is probably with different people. We have it just like anybody else. So there is no writing for them. Mm-hmm. I, 
I, you know, and I, I write about in my book, I write about a chef, somebody asked a, well, a really famous chef, how does he cook for the customer? And he goes, I don't. I cook for myself. Yeah. And I hope they like it, but I can't please every single person. Everybody's not going to eat the same food or have the same palate. So why would I just cook and try to anticipate? It's sort of insulting to your audience to pander to them in my work, in my opinion. Mm. So I, I try to write what we respond to and what's best for the performers and then during the summer, I latch on to things where, oh, the audience is really reacting to this. They're digging this part. Let's make that more. Yeah. Or mm. I don't think they're really getting that. How can I make it clear? Or let's just get rid of it. I mean, I've done that too. Like, I don't, because I watch the audience a lot during performances. I, you know, I see the core enough at rehearsal. So generally at shows, I'm on the field watching them and the audience. Does that answer your question? I went on a tangent, sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, please, I welcome it. And yes, it it does. And I, I think it leads to something that I think about for myself as well. And I think part of it is experience, but um, cultivating that taste that you're using to evaluate the meal, right, as the chef. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to to cultivate that taste. And I know we've already talked about dance, and obviously we're talking about drum corps and indoor and, like, the pageantry arts, but... Mm -hmm. I guess question one would be like, do you intentionally set out to keep cultivating your taste? Because when I watch Blue Devils, I go like, this person is like working to keep up with what's cool right now. There's a contemporary part of it that I think is really important um, and that I care about a lot. Yeah. Um, so, so are you going out intentionally um, and going... I have to feed my tastes if I'm going to be a creative in a creative space. You're dead on. Absolutely. It's so important to stay current and to stay relevant with what's happening in the, in the world in general and what's happening in the artistic world. You have to know what's happening and I have to know what's happening in the activity. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at how color guard has changed over the past few years and much of that's due to the boston crusaders color guard and that started with crown those guys were at crown before that and they introduced high level skills that sort of made us all go okay you better wake up <laughs> you know and i love that yeah i love that because first of all you got to be a fan of the activity i like the activity so you know i i'm a student of it at all times and I always am looking to the outside world, as I think you're probably your best people are. Um, you're finding inspiration from other places. You know, we are, Jay and I talk about this all the time during the summer. We're just neurotic during the summer. And sometimes we feel like we'll see other staffs and we're like, how are they so confident right now? Because we'll be a mess. Like, oh my God, it's, I don't know, this is not right. We've got so much to do tomorrow. I mean, even up until like the last couple of weeks, it's just a nightmare. And we're like, how do people like congratulate themselves on their work? Like we feel awful about it. <laughs> like it's not good enough yet. It's not good. Artist. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> so you, it, it sounds like, you know, as a person, maybe you, you, you're predicated towards that where you're like, Hey, there, there is something self-conscious about 
having artistry out there that people i mean we had numbers going down so it's not even like you know you're at an exhibit and people are like this one that one you know they're saying this sophisticated thing we're straight up getting ranked right so there there's this like microscope on on the details of it right um so when you when you're staying relevant and you are drawing inspiration, like where do you personally go? Like, are you seeking out theater? Are you seeking out music concerts? Like what's your personal sort of thought behind feeding that inspiration that you need to keep up? Yeah, I'm, I'm constantly trying to keep up with um, the theater world and what's happening and what's new, the dance world. I mean, but I latch on to, you know, I, I gravitate towards certain choreographers, so I tend to watch their work. But I'm I'm always looking there. The art world, I'm not as good about that as I should be, but I do try to keep up on who the newest young people, who's selling really big right now. Um, of course, film, and and you know, not I'm not as good about books as Jay is. He's better about that. But we do, we are looking for that. The fashion world is huge inspiration. Yeah. And mainly because, you know, I like to watch the fashion shows because those are such conceptual events. Um, and, you know, it's, it's people get confused by that. Like, oh, nobody can wear those clothes. Well, those shows are shows. So yeah. they put the craziness out there because it's a show you know, and they're detailed down to that soundtrack and what the lighting is and what the set. So that's really interesting. Opera is really interesting to look at set wise too, set design, because there's incredible geniuses working there. So yeah, arts, arts, arts. Yeah. And try to stay on what's happening with music. You know, I try, but Dave Glide's really great about that. Mm. I had no idea what Cowboy Bebop was. I was like, how did I miss that? Like, yeah. <laughs> the kids all knew what it was. I was like, how did I miss that one? I'm usually so on top of it, but I had to be educated on that. Which is amazing. I mean, that, you know, I think having people around you that are introducing you to things is like, yeah, it, it's so important. And I would love just from your perspective, because I, you know, I, I've been in activity as a participant since 2005, which for me feels like a long time, but in the scope of things, it's like, mm, it's not, it's not super long, but you look at the blue devils team, like not just the design team, but I mean, throughout the organization, it's like, there's just so much consistency. And it's like, I already know. And I think people know like, why are the blue devils so damn good? Like, because their staff is staying the same. Like, I just don't think there's any surprise. Like, that's not that interesting to me. I get it. I think mm -hmm. anyone should get that. I think what I wonder is like, how did y'all work through it? Because a lot of, I mean, like I just said, drum corps is very trigger happy. And mm -hmm. a lot of drum corps are like, oh, you had one bad year, you're fired. Right. So the right. blue devil is just, it just <laughs> doesn't seem to be like that. Like y'all have had years where there's captions in fourth, fifth place, but it's not like, Sure. Coming heads off. So I don't know, like, how did the organization develop that type of culture? Well, and, you know, it probably happened before I'm aware of it, but I was aware of it with Dave Gibbs. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he was from the beginning, you know, you and I've always I've always asked for this anywhere I work. You have to have permission to fail. And so that's always been part of the philosophy here that, yeah, if you know, if it if it doesn't go great, let's, we'll try again. We'll figure it out. 
you know, you in order to leave here, I mean, you have to, I don't know, you have to do some pretty awful stuff or be just a bad staff member. You know what I mean? But creatively, and we're always trying to infuse the creative process, you know, with new people. So that's fine. And we're, and we, as we get older, we're also trying to look for those people who are going to take over and understand it so that the quality doesn't drop, you know, if one of us is gone. So I'm aware of that. Um, but no, the organization gives you permission to A, be creative and B, if it doesn't work out, you have permission to fail. And I teach that to performers too. You know, this is the place, a, a rehearsal. And when you're learning stuff, this is where you get to try it and see if it works or not. Nobody's going to yell at you. And I'm not going to kick you out and replace you. You know, that's, no, that's not what we're about, you know. I, I just like, why is drum corps like this? Not like that, but no. like this other stuff. No, I, I know. Like that is not no. normal at all. You know what and I mean? The, like, and the thing is too, I, you know, I hear stories and of course people talk and especially during the summer and kids who were given spots and then all of a sudden, you know, come May, they re are replaced with somebody else. I'm like, how do they do that? I'm so grateful for every person who came here. <laughs> you know, how do you do that? Just kick, tell somebody to go home. Um, but yeah, I never know if they're really true or not. But I do see the musical chairs and that's a yearly thing. And that does happen. I mean, I've, you know, I've left cores before, but that was usually my choice to, to go creatively a different direction. So sure. it happens. But yeah, I don't know. Drum corps. I think everybody gets confused about the winning part of it. And that they sort of don't. It's really fun. And I want to win all the time. So, I mean, but I'm a big proponent of winning. But um, <laughs> sometimes you don't. And as I've told the members, it's all about the show. Because the show's going to live on far past anybody remembers the score. Right. Or what place you were. I mean, because usually you see a show and you go, I like that show. What place did that come in? You have to go look it up. You know, I do that all the time. So it's all about the show. It's all about the show. Let's make a good show. And sometimes I've dropped the ball, 2005. And other times, you know, it's worked out. So, yeah. I mean, I just, it's to me a little bit, uh it's like kind of a paradox it's like what makes blue doubles so great well they've kept the same staff for 20 plus 30 years all right we want to get better what we should do let's fire two three captions right. yeah no and that is our working relationship and those positions have shifted sure within our staff because you know we don't send anybody everybody's valuable in some way but at some point we might need a new ingredient Right. In the formula. And so people shift positions. And I always keep begging them, let somebody else do my job for a year. Like, that'd be great. And let me just concentrate on something else. You know, it can happen. And I think we're all open to that. So, you know, hopefully. Um, but yeah, we have a lot of experience together. And we sort of know each other so well that, you know, we don't have to spend an awful lot of time talking about it. A lot of times people get it. Like if you have an idea and I can't quite describe it, somebody's going to get it. Like even Dave Glide with music, I'll have something. I've even um, been singing stuff to him. You know, can't it be like, and he just gets it. Like even if I'm not as versed as he is musically. Right. 
So it kind of leads to like how anyone can kind of break through to this point where you're on the other side of decades working with, with people and like what about your personality or what about, you know, the team of, of these critical people that are around you as well allows you to do that because some people in this world and in a lot of professional environments, there's all this talent, but they just can't work with anybody. So it's like, is it, is it Scott Chandler? Is it Skojo? Is it David Gibbs? Is it like, and it's not just devs. I mean, this, we're talking about, you know, you have this incredible tenure um, in that activity. Like you've had to go through some dark times or some Mm -hmm. periods of doubt. And it's like, how have you dealt with just getting to this point? Because it's, it's such a fluctuation of, ups and downs i can't even imagine um the extremity of, of some of those emotions for you so i don't know if i asked the question but go for it <laughs> yeah well i mean i it is finding all the right ingredients for your dish i mean you know you're the right meal you're trying to put those together and when you find that you you work with it and play with that you know um it's, you know, it's why there can be a similarity in what we do from year to year, because it's us and we've developed our own styles yep. of doing things. So, you know, I, I'll break that every once in a while, but <clears throat> I don't want to lose what, what we have. Right. So, but yeah, you do have to find that. And <clears throat> excuse me, it's like um, young people trying to, they often get frustrated at not being able to jump into top positions Right. I find that now more than ever. Um, like when I was first teaching right out of drum corps and I had aged out, um, I knew I had to go through a very long process to get to where in my head I wanted to be the position I wanted to have somewhere or who I wanted to teach with, you know. Um, and I was never allowed to sort of jump any steps. Yeah. And a lot of young people now want to jump those steps and they want to be very, very important. And they've only been doing this for a couple of years, which if you prove yourself in those short amount of years, that's fine. But the ultimate thing is you got to prove your yourself and you got to prove it in the situation you're in. You know, I started at the Bridgman and had to attract attention there to the color guard, even though we were we had a great drum line. Oh, my God, they were phenomenal. Yep. Um, and I learned a lot from Dennis DeLucia there. Um, but I, we were coming in like 10th. You know, how was I going to attract attention? And But I couldn't whine about it and go, I think I should be considered among the big instructors. No, nobody allowed me to do that. I had to make that color guard good and make people start looking. So that's, that's another tangent, but. I love it. <laughs> I love it. No, I mean, I. Listen, it's it's tough because, you know, I'm kind of I'm not in the bleeding edge. I mean, I aged out in 2012 would have been my age out. So I think I would probably be still on the younger side. And, you know, I've gone from being on the tech level and now I'm like a, the creative director of an independent world group. So it, it was it was fast track. I will absolutely yeah. say like that did happen. And I've had some good, consistent success every year. Um, Wait, if you're ready, it will happen. But you can't make it happen just by you going and complaining to people that you should be considered more important. Right. <laughs> you know, you have to make it happen. You got to put up or shut up. 
So can you think of a time, because like, from my perspective, it's like, you've never, you know, messed up in your life, but it's uh, like, can you, can you think of a time where it's like, you had that setback or you had that moment of professional doubt or creative doubt? Like, how did you work, work through that? Can you think of like a, an example of that personally? Mm, well, I mean, there are two different things like personally, you know, I mean, there's, there's, personnel consider like when i left the spirit of atlanta that was just a creative the direction that they were going creatively was not where my head was at that yeah. time mm -hmm. and so i said i'm going to step back right now and i still love all those people and everything and i love that core but i had to i had to i just knew that i was going in a different trajectory than they were going and i couldn't have told you that at the time I would have was just being a young whatever and being like, I'm miserable, you know, I don't, I'm not happy. You know, I was being all whiny and stuff. And um, I remember Michael Cesario is the one who said to me, well, then you need to get out yeah. because you can't do that job and be miserable. So you need to, you need to put up or shut up, you know, basically sort of slapping me and saying, get on with it. So then I said, then I ended up going and helping cadets. And then that led to, you know, a lot of offers coming in the next year and Blue Devils was one of them. But that was a personal thing. Like, I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. I didn't know really where I was going. And I knew I was sort of starved for a new influx of inspiration or else I was just going to keep doing the same way of doing it. And luckily that happened coming out here and everything that was going out on the West Coast, Winter Guard and Drum Corps wise and marching band wise, Clovis West, geez, um, it was a new, I was seeing everything in a whole new light. So just by transplanting myself to somewhere else, it became a whole new thing. So, yeah. So otherwise I told you 2005 and that's just, yeah. that was the dance marathon show. And that was just not right for its time. It's a good show and it would be, a, it was still a good show. It still is a good show for the blue devils. I just didn't have the timing of that. Right. I had done it with the winter guard at Logan and I thought I could jump right into it, you know, and take that to the Blue Devils. It was a year where I thought it would work. And it just wasn't the right time. Shows have their own timing, mm. you know, and you have to make sure what's going on in the world. You know, like right now, I'm not going to do a show that's heavily violent. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to do the Godfather show now. Right. It's not going to happen. Right. Um, so that's, you know, you got to be timely in your thinking and be relevant, you know? Which involves having some awareness to what the, the tone is, um, yeah. you know, and what, like you said, when you're standing there watching the audience, thinking about that, um, because I do think people are way hung up on like what the judges are going to say and this, that, whatever. And it's like, but there's way more audience members mm -hmm. and, and trying to create an emotion and, you know, invoke an emotion, the audience, that should be the primary thing that, that we're worried uh, about. And it sounds like for you that, that you have very much been dialed into that. And it's just, it's interesting because we get really asked backwards with the whole thing. Cause we're like turning into something for like the eight people, like you said, that are rotating and have biases uh -huh. <laughs> and are so subjective. It's like, well, what about the, 20,000. Yeah. Right. No, it's true. Now, that being said, um, I am about the show 
again, going back to that. And I want to present um, a design that um, can be progressive. I want skills and variety in the show that are progressing the activity forward. And recognizing what talents the performers have now. I can't write for the ones when I was marching. Yeah. I have to write for who's out there now. Yeah. Um, that being said, I'm really aware of the audience and I really want the audience to be happy, but I know that there is a team mentality, just like sports, people have their teams and they're going to pull for them. And I know when we go to one part of the country, it's going to be a different audience reception than when we're out here, you know, in California. I'm aware of that. Yeah. So what I want to do is still make them happy, but I know they're not going to like, you know, be jumping up and down during the show. I just know it. And the one thing I will never do, and we talked a lot about this this summer, is I'm never going to pander to the audience. I'm never going to say to them, come on, come on, stand up, come on. I'm never going to do that. Right. I think that's insulting to them for, for me to do it, you know, for the Blue Devils to do that to them. You know, let other groups can do that. That's maybe part of their show, but we can't play that game. So, and who knows, I'll say that now, knock on wood, and we'll do it next year. But <laughs> no, I try to not pander to an audience. And I, but I'm well aware of they have their favorites. And I'm cool with that. You know, just like winning and losing. I'm cool with that because next year it may be us. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the activity. So I don't want to begrudge anybody else their, their happy moment. Yeah. You know, have it. When, when you think about the Blue Devils, what's the, you know, because I have my opinions. I'm a drummer, so, you know, I could always go there. But when you think about BD and, like, that experience of watching them, what what's the thing that you feel like is taken away? Because I feel like I watch these shows and it's just, it's intellectual to me. It's It's mm -hmm. stimulating to me in a way where I'm, like, putting these pieces together and I'm like doing the synthesis analysis thing. And I'm like trying to like map the thing out. It's like the Russell Crowe, beautiful mind meme with the thing on the window. Like that's what I look at because I do program design and I'm always just enthralled by, by that level of coordination. And, and as well with the blue codes, John and Jim, like I feel like they have busted into the realm that y'all have been in with the, their mm. visual coordinate. Cause it's, it's so high level. So is it like, is it, is it all when I watch the Blue Devils? Is it the confidence that the performers clearly have trained in them and the relaxation? Because I watched the end of the show and they pull the horns down. And most groups, when they pull the horns down, they're like, ah. I know. But I, yeah, but I, watched, are, I was like, explicitly told not to do that. <laughs> yeah. So that's like such a, such a vibe with that. And like, it, yeah. is it the, like, I, hopefully that's a, a clear question. It's like, what am I taking away when I watch Blue Devils? Is there something that you are injecting into this year to yeah. year? Well, all of those things. And we think it has to be intellectual. It has to be, there has to be a visceral aspect to it too. There has to be emotional aspect. But we want you to see the show multiple times. Mm. I don't want you to get it in one sitting because we want our audiences to be repeat viewers, you know, and attend more than one drum corps show, you know, or watch it more than one time. So I like to give you new stuff that you can see. Like, oh, I never saw that person over there on that prop. Like, yeah, I still see stuff that I'm going, oh, I forgot about that. I remember when we did that. And those two people are climbing up and down, you know. 
or how that fit with the drill move that flew by and you would have never known it in the moment. But it's there for you. It's there for you to take in. And hopefully you're getting the overall aspect of it. It's the same with concepts. Like with the Fellini show, I did not expect everybody to know who Federico Fellini was. Right. Or what he had done or what those movies were and how they were in film history. But I knew everybody knew what movies were. Yeah. It's so, a movie show. Yeah. So I think it's all of those things. You know, we do have an intellectual aspect to what we do. And that's a lot of Jay Murphy um, because he's so damn smart. Um, but also when you do this for a long time, it's like if you were studying freshman English and people kept making you study that all through your senior, senior, senior year, you were still in English 101 in your senior year or in getting your master's in graduate school still got to take english 101 no you're ready to move on you're ready to study different things look at right. it a different way and i think we are real aware of that and we're aware of that with the performers they've done a certain amount of things and now they're ready what else can they have to be aware of and now they're involved in points in the show where it can change from night to night you know, with their performance, their spacing and stuff, because if they're really excited some night, they may be off a dot and everybody has to know in that moment, how do I make this, you know, field form work? Because so-and-so got a little too excited on the dance up there, you know? And so they're living, they're working in real time. Uh, like the runaround section, we did the gate turn that turned into a run. Some yeah. nights, the energy was off the charts some nights and they had to all collectively... There were no dots with every step and there was no holding an interval during that. Right. You had to react to it and keep your space like a dancer would. So it's a whole different level of thinking for the performance. And it can change performances from night to night, you know, where if they're a little tired, I'm really aware of that. They've had three shows in a row. Uh, they're not going to be as reactive, you know, in the moment as they're supposed to be. So we are aware of that. Does that help you? Oh, oh it's yes. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, I just think it's interesting because the, I don't know, a lot of the training you get in the marching arts is like, be a robot. Right. Rinse, repeat, consistency, yes. dots, consistent step size, yeah. tempo. And it's like, you're totally like throwing that on its head with just like, things change. That's what happens. Because they do. They mm -hmm. do. Right. There is no executing what we do perfectly there's too many moving parts yeah so it's like why not train them from the jump to have a more yes. i don't know dynamic approach to performing and recovering and being a performer in general it's just a it's a completely different mindset and being reactive in the moment you have to be reactive in the moment um you know color guard people have to have that hand-eye coordination and it has to be working you know at full steam you know, and that's why, you know, warm up, you're trying to get those everything working. So your hand-eye coordination is right there. It's, it's a little like that now, too. And we want to have the ability to do a more military approach if we have to. There are moments that's, but that we decided long ago that was going to be another tool in the toolbox. I love that. And we wanted to add to the toolbox. Yes. So everything has value because you're trying to create variety, but we needed more tools in the toolbox. Right. Well, yeah. I think the perfect example is 
what you all do with choreo and movement and what you all do from a like visual technical marching standpoint the yeah. blue Devils have the best marching technique in dci for the past 20 years don't at me i know this for a fact like uh- <laughs> that's, what, that's what it is but also y'all have this movement package now at the level of uh, of a legitimate you know what dance company or what have you like it's not it's not and or either or rather it's and 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 it sounds like they have to work together and they inform one another yeah you know the things we gain from proper technique or traditional technique can affect when we're moving and in situations of moving there's a core understanding of what has to happen and the same with um movement informing now how we carry ourselves yes and not letting it ever be um anything but authentic the way the body moves even in a vertical upright position that has to be real it can't look fake it can't look put on like oh we're acting like toy soldiers no we will have to be a toy soldier right that moment. right and there's a difference there's a brain wave that has to kick in you know a level of thinking so yeah and this year was a challenge getting performers that we hadn't seen for a couple of years and so many brand new to us that was the challenge this year was getting that understanding and it took a while you know and then we saw it the light bulb started going off you know and they started getting it like oh they understand and things would happen where um i would like start to give some choreography simple stuff but and I would think I was going to have to spend time on it. And I'd turn around, like get a sip of water and turn around. They're already doing it. Right. And all I had done was explain it. Okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to do some weight shifts here, blah, blah, blah. I turn around, they're doing it, you know, on their own, no instructors, you know? So I'm like, that's where their heads got in the game, you know? And we sort of had that communication. I've got to think, um, stepping into that, you know, that uniform or that experience is just such a high level of expectation that you, you just have to feel that. And I, you know, I I know I felt that experience marching in the Cavaliers with the Mm -hmm. the amount of history and identity of the drum corps like that. It just, it just congeals for you. And there's nothing that words or teaching can replace like with history. Um, So I, I love what y'all do visually and just, you know, everything. But, um, you know, as we kind of round home here, I wanted to ask maybe for myself, but for people listening, you know, when you look back on your career, on your life and, and really making a name for yourself and changing the landscape um, of a medium, like what would you tell someone who's like, I want to be the next Scott Chandler? Like what's the nugget of wisdom you'd be like, here's what I would tell you. Mm. Well, first of all, be a student of the activity and of all of our activities. I mean, you really have to study it and you have to commit to it. It's not something you can walk into and go, look at me now, give me full authority. You can't do that. Um, Be a student of it and then find your own voice. And and that takes time. That takes time. Sometimes it's fast and sometimes it takes a long time to find something where nobody can look at what you do and say it's somebody else. If they start to know, oh, you did that, then you're on the right track, mm. you know, because you're developing your own style. You're not just mimicking what the activity does or what's trendy. 
you know, and that doesn't mean you can't do things like especially color guard people. It doesn't mean you can't do things that other people do, but you have to recontextualize them and you have to give them your own perspective. How do you do that? That makes it uniquely you, uh, you know, and that was uh, something I got my hand slapped on um, early on from people who are mentors, you know, whether that was like a Shirley Wickham or Sal Salas or Mickey Kelly, Donald Angelica was in that, who would say to me, you can do better. That's not good enough. Back to the drawing board. The ending's not good. You know, that move, you can't do that move. <laughs> you know, they would tell me things. So I worry now that younger people don't have those people giving them that level of honesty that I was lucky enough to have. And sure, it would piss me off sometimes, but it worked. It worked. I realized I had to make my own way. Um, and I think everybody should be wanting to do that. Take the activity to the next step. Add the next step. Once you know what it is and you've proven yourself to be proficient at what it is currently, your job is to move it forward. You know, and you marched in some of those shows. Mm. When you're mentioning that was moving the activity forward. It wasn't just settling in to what had already been done. Right. You know? And so that's what we're aware of. And you're not going to be 100% all the time at that. But that's got to be your goal. So anyway, be a student. Find your own voice. Find your own way. Make your own way. <laughs> Scott, it has been freaking amazing mind-blowing i mean it's an honor to get to meet you and just i like steal an hour of your life and just pick your brain and um i'm definitely going to just take a lot away from this and i'm sure a lot of people are as well so i just want to thank you for jumping on and uh doing with this doing this with me today my pleasure thanks i enjoyed talking to you thank you scott i appreciate that and uh with that everyone i'll see you next time thanks for stopping by like subscribe do whatever you're supposed to do on the internet so uh I'll see you later. Bye-bye.